Welcome to the Life Church Sermon Podcast. We're a church based in North Dallas with a desire to help people love God, love people, and make a difference. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Ezekiel chapter 37, verse number one. I'm going to read a few verses of scripture here, amen, just to give us the context of where we need to go today. The Bible says in verse number one of Ezekiel 37, it says, The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again, he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones. Say to them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you. You shall live, and I will lay sinews upon you, will bring flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, put breath in you. You shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me. The breath came into them, and they lived, stood upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried, our hope is lost, we're cut off for our parts. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. You shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves and shall put my spirit in you and you shall live. And I shall place you in your own land. Then shall you know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord. With the help of the Holy Ghost this morning, I simply want to preach to you the power of a divine moment. Can we clap our hands to the Lord and give him thanks one more time? Hallelujah. God, we praise you. We magnify and we thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Have your way. Have your way. Have your way. Amen. You may be seated. The Lord richly bless you today. There is nothing like experiencing something for the first time. It is unforgettable. And in those moments, time seems to slow to a standstill, and we become hypersensitive to what is going on around us. I still remember the time I flew in a small plane or the first time I jumped off a cliff into the lake in the Snake River in Twin Falls, Idaho. Unforgettable first-time moments. I can even remember the first time I saw my wife and I saw the way she looked at me and I knew she wants me. She likes what she sees. They are, <laughs> I'm going to get this when I get home. I'm going to be in trouble. They are forever engraved in our memories. But there seems to be a problem. 
we get back into the routines of life and the cataracts of the habitual and the routine begin to cloud our vision. Our minds are wired in such a way that when a new stimulus is introduced into our environment, we become intensely aware of it. But over time, we adapt to the sights, the sounds, even the smells that constantly surround us. Eventually, our awareness fades and the constants in our environment almost become invisible. Psychologists call this process inattentional blindness. It happens with sunrises and sunsets. It happens with life in general. We find ourselves in these ruts of the routine, trotting through the paths of life that is held captive by the norm. We lose the joy of living. We become accustomed to the miraculous that is all around us. Few things compare to the joy experienced by a bride and a groom on their wedding day. I just experienced my daughter three weeks ago getting married to that stinky boy by the name of Hunter. And I found something out. Weddings are expensive. Cost you an arm and a leg, and I'm already halfway into it. But nothing compares to the joyful experience of that blessed wedding day. But take romance out of the equation. Let a few years pass, and that relationship has the danger of becoming routine. The birth of a child is an awe-inspiring miracle, but start changing dirty diapers in the middle of the night, and some of that joy goes away real quick. Try it with one hand. Most people were joyful when they landed their first job, but too many people end up working just for a paycheck and exist through the daily grind so they can get to the weekend. It is the life of the stuck, the rut-driven, non-adventure pursuit that many call life. It not only happens in the physical, but I'm afraid it also happens in the spiritual. The sacred becomes mundane. We start living our lives forfeiting spiritual adventure for the commonplace. We lose the joy of our salvation. We become so encumbered by our schedule, so burdened by the pace of our life that we neglect to see that there is another world beyond this one that is beckoning for our wonder and our worship, that is clamoring for our attention, and it's as real as the nose on your face. Uh, what are you saying, Brother So I'm simply saying, when God is in the house, uh, amen, it's evident, uh, and we can never lose sight of the glory and the power of God at work. You know, the word of God describes the spirit as a counselor, one who comforts the afflicted. But just like a good counselor does, the spirit of God also afflicts the comfortable. He begins to work in us and prod us to come to the realization that we must become uncomfortable with our level of comfort. The Spirit of God begins to disrupt the nest, so to speak, to see if you and I are willing to try and fly to new heights. One of the most challenging scriptures that I've ever read is the words of Jesus to the church in Laodicea. That name, Laodicea, literally means the rule of the people and it suggests a democratic church that no longer follows the spiritual leadership or the authority of the word of God. The church is lukewarm. It's cold. 
It's a condition that comes from mixing hot and cold. It's a church with truth that has been diluted with error. He said, I know thy works. I know that you are neither hot nor cold. I know that you have become lukewarm. I know that maybe you feel like you're living in a rut. I know you feel like maybe you're just going through the motions. I would that you were either hot or cold, but because you are neither, I don't want anything to do with you. I will spew you out of my mouth. That is a declaration that in this hour we need to adhere to. It is a reminder for every one of us to get out of the ruts that we have found ourselves in. Remove ourselves from passionless routines. Amen. And jump into the flow of the Spirit, of the vein of the Holy Ghost that says, I got more for you, honey. I'm going to do more in your family than you can ever imagine. I'm going to do more in your church than you can ever think. God never created you and I to be half-hearted in our walk of life. He never created us to be frustrated and confused. He never created us to have fear, doubt, and worry. That's not his purpose. That's not his plan. He created you to experience life and that more abundantly. Whether you go after it or not, whether I go after it or not, amen, it's completely up to us. God's spirit will work on us. It'll prod and poke us. But I have to make the final decision. You have to make the final decision. I'm going to either choose to get out of my rut and let him take over in my life or I'm going to stay locked down in this hole that I have dug myself into. I'm here to serve notice uh, on every lie of the enemy uh, that has tried to come into your life. God uh, has a plan for your life uh, that is greater than anything you've ever seen, anything you've ever experienced. He wants more for you. He has greater things for you. Oh, I, I, I almost feel like we are stepping into new territory of the Spirit in this last hour of the church. And I've noticed in my wife and I's travels that God is speaking to the church across the world and we are on the verge of things happening that have never before been experienced. Hell may be fighting you on every side, but God is doing something in this hour, and it's because the enemy knows you and I are stepping into a breakthrough. We're going to see everything that God has promised, and so he fights us, but you may be fighting, but I got a word for you. Don't you dare give up yet. Don't you dare give up now. Something is happening. There's a moment God is bringing into your life that is going to propel you into your future with destiny, with power, with anointing, and with revival. Hello. Moses. We've all heard of Moses. Moses walked the same path for 40 years taking care of the same sheep, leading them to the same watering holes, and he did so for 40 long years, just tending sheep. Can you imagine a more routine existence? 
Moses must have felt like he had been put out to pasture. He once dreamed of delivering the people of Israel out of captivity, but that dream died when he killed an Egyptian taskmaster and fled the country as a fugitive. So now Moses is spending 40 years on the backside of a desert shearing sheep. I have a feeling that Moses maybe got up one particular morning, put on his sandals, picked up his staff, and figured it would be just an ordinary day like the day before and the day before that and the day before that. But you never know when or where the Spirit of God is going to invade the routine of your life. You never know uh, what Sunday uh, God's going to show up uh, and do a miracle in your life, uh, change your perspective, uh, heal your body, uh, destroy the works of the devil against you. You never know. He came across a bush burning but not being consumed, and it became a God moment. It became a moment that would change his life, that would alter his course, a moment that would radically transform his outlook upon what he was doing with his life. I wonder if there's anybody in this house uh, that have ever had a moment like that, moments when heaven kisses earth uh, and seem to touch, uh, moments when the natural and the supernatural meet, uh, moments uh, when God comes in uh, and the creation meets the creator and sin meets grace and the hurting meets the healer and the routine meets the power and the presence of God. I'm here to tell somebody that has walked in here the weight of the world on your shoulder. It doesn't take much. All it takes is one touch. It doesn't take much. All it takes is one word. All it takes is one moment and God can change your life. This, this was one of those moments and one of those places for Moses. God shows up in an ordinary place right in the middle of his routine. On the backside of a desert suddenly becomes holy ground. This is the way God works. He is predictably unpredictable. He shows up at times. He can even show up in the of September. Do you remember 25th day of December? I don't know how they do it. It doesn't matter if it's Christmas. If God's got a miracle for you, it doesn't matter if you've been busted, broken, you're disgusted with life. God could show up in the middle of your mess and he could command a miracle to happen. That's why I say hold on. That's why I say just give it one shot. That's why I say don't quit yet. I can take you to countless moments in my life uh, when I didn't know where to go, Pastor. I didn't know what the next step was. Uh, I was broken. Uh, I was hurting. Uh, I needed protection, but all it took was one Sunday. Uh, I feel like the psalmist. Uh, when I went into the house of the Lord, uh, 
got it figured out. I was slip sliding, but I was still residing because in God's house, anything could happen. Never underestimate the value and the power of a divine moment. That's why I'm so captivated by this scripture we read today. God takes Ezekiel out to a valley that is filled with nothing but dry bones. A valley that had been forgotten and overlooked. A place where there was nothing but emptiness and dryness everywhere you looked. A place and a people that so many had given up on. It's interesting to me that God selected the moment for Ezekiel. God carries this prophet into a dry place. A moment of intense events that were transpiring with the people of God. I've learned something in many of you that are here today also. I have learned that God will often lead and I, much like he did this prophet, to places that are dead and dry in order to reveal something to us that we never receive in moments when everything is flourishing. Hello? God will take you out of your comfort zone. God will place you in a moment that is pushing you beyond your fear into a place of faith. I may preaching to people here this morning that appears God has picked you up and carried you out into a storm that doesn't make any sense. I'm preaching to somebody right now that God has picked you up and carried you into a valley and it's dry everywhere you look. But I got a word for you. There are some things that are super natural uh, that come out of valley experiences. Uh, he has picked you up uh, and he's carried you into a season uh, where everything around you may be dead. Uh, but I hear the voice. I hear the sound uh, of a mighty rushing wind. You know, Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, warned us that we would find ourselves in seasons of uncertainties, places we never thought we would find ourselves, but here we are, and if we're not careful, we'll miss what God is wanting to do. So God places Ezekiel in the middle of this moment to reveal something to you and that are here today, you may feel very much like you are in that valley. You're forgotten, you're fractured, you're frail, you're fearful. You may you may feel trapped in a routine, in a rut. You may feel confused and frustrated, but even in the state that you are in, no matter what it is, I got a word for you here. Simple. God has a prescription for your dilemma. God has stopped by to just let somebody know today, I don't care what the doctor said. I don't care what the counselor has prescribed. I don't where you're at in your life. Amen. All it takes with me is just one moment. And when I'm done, you can walk out of here with joy. When I'm done, you can leap. You can run through a troop. You can leap over a wall.
so God asked Ezekiel a question. Hey, Zeke, not Elliot, Ezekiel prophet. Just want to make sure I'm in Dallas. Go Cowboys. Go Cowboys. Great job. There we go. There we go. Just want to make sure I'm in the right place. God says to Zeke, he says, Zeke, can these bones live? And Zeke was a smart man. He had no idea, but he didn't want to act like it. This was God talking. Lord, you know. You know. I, uh, I don't want to answer this one. I'll take the lifeline for two. I, uh, I don't need to know, really. God, you, you know. Maybe the prophet placed his faith completely in the living God. Ordinarily, we would say no to a question like that, but Ezekiel never limited God. Hear me? Can I just tell somebody, you can never place limits on what God can do because you never know when God is going to breathe and turn it around. That's why I never give up on anybody. You never know what Sunday morning service uh, God's going to fill them with the Holy Ghost. Uh, you never know what Wednesday night Bible study is going to do to change your life. Uh, you can never think that your situation, your hopelessness, uh, your questions are too big uh, for the God that I serve. He's a God that can wreak havoc on the routine and bring a miracle into your life on this Sunday morning. I'm preaching to people in this house right now that need the breath of the almighty God to blow into your life. I don't care if you've been in church 20 minutes or 20 years. Amen. The breath of God is necessary in your life. It was the of God that caused Adam to become a living soul. That's scripture. He breathed into Adam. You ever had God breathe into you? Going through hell and high water and you walk into the house of God and the Holy Ghost goes and all of a sudden the pain starts to dissipate. All of a sudden your mind gets straightened out. All of a sudden, amen, something comes into your spirit and you're ready to charge hell with a I'm here to tell you the breath of God is what we need. It'll blow it all away. All you need is one moment of the breath. All you need is one moment with God. All you need is that Holy Ghost moment. Though the valley was filled with nothing but dryness in every direction, what they needed was the wind of God on these that were slain. I've stepped to the pulpit on this Sunday to declare with every situation that you're facing, with every lie that's telling you it's over. My God, the hope. I'm here to declare to every spirit that has said to you it's over. You're slain. 
nothing. You're nothing but bones. Your marriage has no life. Your children are never coming back to God. You're never going to make it. I'm preaching against the spirit of the slain. I've come to declare. I hear the sound of wind. I hear the sound of something coming from the four corners of your life that are going to breathe on you if you're hurting gonna breathe on you if you're broken that's gonna breathe on you if you're bound that's gonna breathe on you if you're lost hear me hear me we are so quick as humans to believe negative we are and we get stuck in our ruts of routine <coughs> actually end up dry and dull Somebody help a one-armed guy out. Open that up. Thank you very much. Thank you. God bless you. And notice Brother Matt didn't run up here this time. Where is he? You're at the marriage conference. You know what I'm talking about. Hear me. We so often find ourselves in places that are dry and dull and lifeless, hello, <clears throat> we get stuck in destructive patterns. Let's just be honest. We allow things into our life that we shouldn't be allowing into our life that get us caught in places that as a child of God we have no business being in. But there needs to be a wind. <laughs> that blows across this sanctuary that can transform your life. Amen. I'm here to tell you, uh, amen, the word of God uh, is being preached uh, in order for a wind uh, to begin to blow. Uh, and when the wind uh, begins to blow, uh, amen, things begin to happen. Now, you're going to notice something. Some of the things that he's produce the bones to come together. It even produced flesh to come on the bones and things looked normal but they were still missing something. We can preach words across this pulpit that can bring things together but what really is going to alter the course of the path of your life that you're on is the breath of God. You can come to this church you can sit on a pew you can be involved in all kinds of things and you can remain lifeless. Even though it's a life church, if you're not careful, you can be dry and stuck. I learned a long time ago, I can't force a church into existence. I can talk smooth, I can sing pretty, I can even look good, but it will only get you so far. What are you saying? You need the breath of God. Amen. I'm preaching down someone's room right now. Amen. God showed up to breathe on you. God showed up to give you direction. God showed up to bring healing into your body. God showed up. Ezekiel began to call for the wind. He called for the breath of God to come. And once the wind started blowing, once God started breathing, which once had been dead, dry, and fractured, became a mighty army. Uh, he goes on to say that the breath of God began to blow 
him out of graves. Amen. What are you saying? The wrath of God will take you out of your rut. It'll take you out of your lifeless ground that the enemies convinced some of us that will be our final resting place. But I hear a different voice on this Sunday morning. I hear the voice of a prophet say, God, breathe on these that are slain. Let your flowing through the valley and watch what happens. I'm here to tell you your situation is not hopeless. Your problem is not too big for God care of. Let the wind blow. Let the breath of the Almighty blow. Stand with me all across this sanctuary. One thing that Ezekiel understood that I want you to get. Ezekiel understood that there was an army in that valley. Even if it looks hopeless, there's an army that's waiting for the breath of God to breathe into them. I'm preaching to a young couple right now. You don't recognize it, but you're an army. I'm preaching to families in this house. You don't recognize it, but you're an army. I'm preaching to people, young and old alike. You may not understand it, but I feel like the Spirit would want me to tell you it ain't over yet. There's an army in your family. There's an army being raised up in this city. There's an army that looks dead and dry and dull right now, but it's about ready to come alive. There's a mighty family in the making. There's a mighty young man in the making. There's a mighty young lady in the making. There's a distraught husband. There's a distraught wife waiting on the breath of God. There's an overcoming teenager that doesn't look like it right now waiting on the breath of God. There's a couple needing direction from God, and I feel like that wind is blowing. It's the breath of God. I don't know what it's going to take to get some of us aware of the conditions of our lives, but what I do know is that God is here to blow away fear and blow away doubt and remove confusion and get rid of frustration. Amen. To show us that we are a lot more than what the enemy says we are. We are much more than what our condition is. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you were inspired by today's sermon. Connect with the Life Church through our website, tlcdallas.com, and on Facebook and Instagram at TLC Dallas. Remember, together we can love God, love people, and make a difference. God bless.